And today, going back into the cricket world, I thought it was, you know, I must get a big guest on the show. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy to welcome uh, my brother, Neil Rashid, England, uh, England, England ticketer to the show. Assalamu alaikum, bro. Wa alaikum salam. How are you doing? You okay? I'm okay, alhamdulillah. How's your family? Yeah, alhamdulillah. All good. All good. Can't complain, you know. Getting on with life and stuff, so can't 2020 has been a frustrating year for you, I'd imagine, so far. Not getting to turn the arm over much. <laughs> Yeah, it's obviously it's a frustrating year, not just myself, but for everybody involved in sport, whichever sport is, rugby, football, cricket, boxing, everything. You know, it's been a tough year Every, for everybody, you know, everybody misses sport, just in general life as well. It's a challenge. Yeah. It's something that we, you know, have to overcome and I'm sure we'll, we'll do that as, as we all come together and unite. So, it's a tough challenge, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure and inshallah we can, you know, come through the other side, you know. Yeah, that's the main thing. Just to remind me, you're, you're a father now. You still look like a young 17-year-old, 18-year-old. Uh, how, <laughs> yeah, how many children do you have? I have two kids, two boys. Uh, yeah, six-year-old and uh, one and a half-year-old. So oh, so they've kept you in recent I've been blessed, yeah. So, like I say, I've got my, you know, my hands full, and you know, like I say, it's it's uh, it's uh, honour and stuff. So, good see stuff. what happens. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So for the viewers. Um, Adil Rashid has uh, played for Yorkshire majority of his life, uh, born and bred, uh, 17th of February 1988 was born and bred in lovely Bradford um, and has played for, like I said, Yorkshire for most of his years, um, played for Adelaide Strikers, South Australia and the Big Bash, we'll touch on those things and obviously most of the viewers will know this young man for uh, playing for the, the England cricket team um, very successfully as well. So what I want to do, Adil, is first of all talk to you about your childhood, brother. Tell me, what was it like growing up in Bradford? Um, it was exciting. It was fun in in the sense of I was quite fortunate as as a young kid. Like especially in the community we live in, it was quite easy for us to got to go down to the local park, to go down to a sports centre where, you know, we can just go there, play a bit of cricket with this tennis ball, tape ball, cricket. Because around our area, the you know the community is very you know glued together and and it was in that sense I was very fortunate to just play on the streets let's say mm -hmm. in cricket and that's mm -hmm. when I you know like I said started playing cricket fell in love with the game and it was obviously then as well when I was a young kid is when my it was when my father actually brought me through and took me to cricket games uh, took me to the park and actually taught me how to you know like I said ball and bat so it all started off as a as a, as a young kid in Bradford. Now I actually know. Your a couple of your family members very well. So cricket mm. was already started in the family, I think, because you had a you've got an older brother, Haroon, um, and mm. I was blessed enough to play with both of your brothers in the Bradford League, uh, playing for Hanging Heaton. So yeah. Haroon, Haroon Rashid and Amar Rashid, both your mm. brothers, both fine, fine cricketers in their own right. Uh, Haroon, a top, top batsman, somebody that you know, watching him play sometimes, I think he could have went further in his cricket potentially. Yeah. And then your brother, uh, Amar, is also. A leg spinner um, who who does match well as well. You know, what was it like having two brothers alongside you to kind of play with play with all the time? Like I said, I was fortunate to have them brothers. Like I said, one was two years older than me, one was three, you know, two, three, three years older than me. So we were all like in that similar age range where we could actually go down together to the local park and play cricket together, learn from each other. You know, we grew up together, so they knew how, what was my strength, they knew what I'm capable of doing, what we're looking at, what I need to work on. So in that sense, having big brothers to work on my game, but also like I said, whatever advice they give me, I would listen to because they know what is best for me, 
they know my game. So I was fortunate, like I said, to always be around them, to play with them, to communicate, to be friends with them and, and everything. So in, in the sense of having brothers there with me, you know, I, I was blessed and fortunate to do that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I played obviously with your with your brothers. What I liked about your brothers was, and I can see from what you're saying there is, you know, they didn't blow your trumpet too much. They were all, I would always be like, oh, I see a deal done this or a deal done that last week. And they were like, yeah, 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 he just needs to keep going. He just needs to keep going. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important because sometimes I've seen some families and, you know, they maybe, they talk their, they talk their kids or they're, you know, up, up a little bit too much. And that can be a downfall. But I always found your brothers were very about keeping your feet on the ground. Yeah, that, that was massively important, you know, because probably through experience or through what they're seeing and, when, you know, how people have come through the personal self, whether it's in different sports, they can so easily just go off the rail, you know, just by as soon as they get a bit of fame, a bit of good performance, a bit of money comes their way, all of a sudden, you know, they must, they must have seen some kind of people, you know, make a U-turn, go off the rail, and they really get to them. So in that sense, you know, I, I've been brought up, look, my dad brought me in, well in the sense of making sure that you, you know, stay grounded, you stay humble, you appreciate everything you got, everything you did, don't really go out there and, you know, start bossing and start being too outwards in that sense. So I was taught from a young age to actually be, you know, quite humble in the sense of, you know, whatever happens, you appreciate and don't let it go, don't let it go, get into your head. So from a young age, that's what it's been. And it's not just myself, but also within in the brothers as well. So that's why maybe they were like how they were. Yeah. And, I, and I'll move on from this, but just, I mean, I, I had the pleasure one day of uh, Haroon um, and Amar took me down to your father's restaurant in Bradford. Unfortunately, uh, right. I think you were busy, you were away on tour or something, as tends to be the case with you. But I met your father um, mm. and everything that you're saying to me, I can, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can vouch for it, that I can see where it's all come from because your father was very, very humble, very much about, you know, very welcoming to me um, when I came there. But, you know, again, not, not, not acting very big shot, like some fathers can be, I mean, mm. they have a son like Adil Rashid, who's, you know, mm. all of the TV and everything, might get a bit carried away with it. But he was just, he was just humble. So, I, I, you know, I give my salam to all your family and your brothers while we're, while we're on screen. I hope they're all doing well. Um, I had a great, a great time playing with them. So, you know, where, where did you, what was kind of first clubs and stuff? When, and, when, and when did you start kind of, when did it start getting, realising that, right, I've got, I've got something here? Um, it, well, I, my first club when I first started actually playing probably the age of eight or nine in terms of, into into club cricket, local club uh, club, uh, club cricket, my local ground. Um, but it was probably the age of eleven when I when I broke through the Yorkshire setup. Okay. So I broke into the Yorkshire setup at age of eleven. So through Yorkshire age eleven, through all the way to seventeens. Okay. But you know, when, but when you first start playing any age group as a young as a young kid, whether it's club cricket or you break through the county system at uh, young age eleven, you don't really think of it then as, yes, I'm going to one day become a professional, whatever it is. Because when you first initially play, you're playing just to enjoy the game. You really love the game. You enjoy playing cricket. You enjoy bowling. You enjoy batting, being with your friends and, you know, enjoy winning or whatever it is. So that was what is first. But then as time goes on, as you, you know, play a higher level, as you get older, that's when your dreams, ambitions start coming, you know, coming to reality. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at that age, 11, 12, 13, 14, I wasn't really thinking about any professional cricket. It was just crickets coming here. Yes, I'm playing for Yorkshire with 11s, 12s, England, uh, 13s, 15s. It was just all a thing of embracing it, enjoying it, enjoying my cricket. And let's see where it takes me. Mm -hmm. 
Right. And then once you, you know, you get to that age of 16, 17, 18, that's when you start thinking about, oh, I can actually, you know, I'm close to becoming a professional cricketer or I'm close here. Uh, this could be a dream of mine, you know, playing for Yorkshire or one day play for England. Mm-hmm. That, that dream comes later on in, in life when you get to that age, when you get closer to the time. But when I first, like you say, started off at that age of 9, 10, 11, 12, there was, no, there was, not, there was nothing serious about that. It was just going along with it, playing for this club, playing for a higher level through the age groups. And then as time goes on, that's when you start uh, taking things seriously. And, and just to confirm, from a young age, were you already turning the arm over? Were you ready? Was, it, was, was leg spin mm. the first part? You you, some kids start trying to bowl fast in the beginning and then they start <laughs> finding spin. You know, you were, you were, you were, you were, you must have had a good idol as well. I'd imagine looking at being from a Pakistani background, um, a deal. You know, people like Mushtaq Ahmed and uh, Shane Warne, obviously, to look up to, or were they factors? I think, like, I, I started off at a young age, like, since eight, nine. My, sort of, my dad got me into it at a very young age. He, he wasn't much of a cricketer himself in that sense, but we played club cricket here and there. Mm-hmm. But he knew, he knew a, a tiny, you know, a bit about leg spin or whatever he knew, he taught me. Yeah. So it was, it was at age of eight, nine, it was always leg spin from okay. day one. Okay. Always leg spin from day oh. one. And, you know, like you said, these, these like Mushtaq Ahmed and Shane Wan, they didn't come into, like you say, my kicking and thing until a bit later on, you know, when you're 12, 13, 14, 15, whatever. That's when you start watching cricket. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, this is the baller, Shane Wan, and this is Mushtaq, whatever it is, it's mm-hmm. then. But the initial stages, like you said, the ages of 8, 9, 10, 11 was purely my dad. So I'll say, like, like I said, was my dad was my idol in that stage because he's the one that taught me how to ball leg spin and you know, do this, do that googly or whatever it is. But as you go on in life, generally, you know, coaches will come and they'll, you know, you, you work with coaches, you work with this, you start looking at, you know, players, you start watching cricket. That's when you, you, you know, people like say Shane Warne starts coming in the mushy because you enjoy watching them yeah. at a later stage. But initially, like I said, the, the first period of my life, when I first, first started, like I said, it was my dad that, you know, did all the hard work and put... Well all done, Uncle. Well done. Congratulations to Uncle for unearthing the, <laughs> unearthing the talent of your legs, man. At yeah. the age, you mentioned coaches and stuff. So at the age of 14, you got spotted by uh, Terry Jenner. Now, mm. while I'm on this, I had a friend that was with you at that point. Uh, another young leg spinner in Manib Bal, who yeah. Durham at that point, good, good close friend of mine. So both of you were in a, I think Mark Lawson might have been involved as well. Yeah, um, both of yeah. you were kind of doing a bit of training with Terry Jenner. Tell, tell me about that. Yeah, so T- Terry Jenner was uh, a renowned, very well-renowned you know, leg spin coach. Not just leg spin, I think spring balling coach because he was Shane Warne's uh, coach as well, mentor yeah. and coach. So Shane Warne would go to Terry Jenner you know, a lot in terms of advice and action and stuff because Terry Jenner was the one that, you know, brought Shane, Shane Warne up in, in, yeah. in, as his coach. So, you know, from Uslot to go to Terry Jenner, getting advice from him, you know, it was a big thing because he, he was the coach of Shane Warne, which was a massive thing. But, you know, it, it was like a camp that we used to go to with Terry Jenner used to be there. There used to be maybe 5, 10, 15 leg spinners from the country mm-hmm. uh, go there for, for, for a little camp for a couple of days and show, show, uh, showcasing our skills. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was obviously, uh, you know, good for all of us to get there because, you know, it's different kind of leg spinners there at, all stage, uh, at different times of their careers as well. But, you know, Terry Jenner, a big, massive, big, massive credit goes to him as well, you know, because he, like I said, showed us, well, it showed me personally, like I say, a lot of 
like I say, technical issues in terms of leg swing bowling. You know, like there's a lot of technical issues where you could do your feet placing, your arms, your head position, your you know, your bowling arm, your wrist. So all that, you know, was the next phase of my cricketing journey, shall I say. You know, the first phase was my father teaching me leg spin, just bowling and stuff. But then the next phase, you know, you get a bit more technical about feet position and stuff. That's where Tay Jenner came in and, you know, started talking a lot about the basics of leg spin bowling in terms of feet positioning, head, arm positioning. So when Tay Jenner came on board, you know, it's it a big change in, in my life as well. You know, it helped me massively and I'm sure he helped like Zimbanib and uh, Mark Lawson and the other spinners at, at that stage there as well. So that really kind of did me wonders. Yeah, no, that was awesome. That was awesome. I remember there was a big article done on it, and I remember see, you know, it was, it was great, great to see him involved. So, 2005, brother, 15 years ago now, man, time, time flies. Yeah. At the age of 17, you took a, a, you had an amazing couple of days. You took six for 13 for Yorkshire in an academy game. Um, do you remember that six for 13? I'm trying to think. <laughs> I told you. I told you before we started today. Make sure you've had some coffee and all that. You might, I'm going to take yeah, 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 I think, maybe, maybe. But that's a long time, it's 15 yeah, years ago. Mate, a lot yeah. of cricket, cricket has been played since then. But yeah. yeah, so that was, like you say, another big step in, in like you say, another step in the milestone. Right direction. A couple of days later, you smacked 111 against Cheshire. That, 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 so again, you know what, basically what I'm just highlighting is 17. Around 16, 17, you know, that you started putting in performances that were not like small, you know, getting 100, any 16, 17 year olds that start scoring 100, you know, that's, that, that's a big, that's a big, 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 big message to say that I'm capable of doing this from a young age. 2006, a uh, big, big year for you, brother. You made mm. your, uh, your county debut. In particular, you replaced a certain Darren Lehman to mm. make your debut against Warwickshire. And you ripped through Warwickshire with six for 67. Do you remember that performance? Yeah, I remember that. How could I forget that? That was, like I say, my debut. Yeah. That's when, like I said, that's when the whole journey began in terms of professional. You know, I got, I got picked up uh, as a, like I said, because Darren Lehman got injured then. The week before, I was playing second team cricket and I put a few good performances in with a bat in terms of getting a few hundreds and stuff. And that's when Darren Lehman got injured and they, and they you know, called me to replace him. So I was batting number five or six. Didn't, didn't score many runs, but then I got the chance to ball as well at that stage. That's when, obviously, like I say, things just took over. Just, 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 obviously, you don't think you just go out there and just ball, and then by the time I know it, I, 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 do you remember any of the scouts you got in that game? Uh, I remember getting Nick Knight out, uh, Jonathan Trott, I can't remember, uh, Dougie Brown. I think it was a Dougie, Dougie Brown. Brown. So there's a, there's a few big scouts in there. Yeah, yeah. That's when really, the journey really began for everything. Yeah. It was then that debut. But like I say, how can I forget? How can anybody forget their debut in that sense? You know, and who, 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 which, who do you remember? Uh, who, who, which so that, if it was around the time of Darren Lehman, did you play with Gavin Hamilton? Or was he? I with, think no. He wasn't. He wasn't at Yorkshire that time. I think he right, might have okay. been at that time. So who? Who? What kind of? What was the Yorkshire kind of main core like players? Myself. There was Craig White. Yeah. Jason Gillespie was there. Yeah. Uh, Darren Goff, yeah, Matthew Hoggard, yeah, Michael Vaughan. Nice, nice. So, so, so this is there was a big bunch of you know. Did you feel that? How you, were you welcomed into the changing room? Were you? You must be nervous, you know, coming in. Um, no, 
I felt welcome. I felt welcomed, but you know, it was a different, it was a complete different atmosphere. You know, as soon as you go there, make your debut, uh, championship debut. Plus, this was at Scarborough, you see as well. And yeah. Scarborough, you get because we play one two games a year there, and the yeah, crowd yeah, yeah. there generally are quite full for a championship game. You get four or five thousand people in a small ground, so, yeah. which is a lot of people. Yeah. So it was just the whole atmosphere, the whole actually environment, the whole atmosphere was just the all overall thing, something that obviously I was not completely, I was not used to at all. But, you know, but I didn't really think of it too much that way. You know, it was just for me, it was, right, okay, go there, try perform my best I can. It was simple as that, go there and I'm going to ball, try to do my skills, leg spring, googly slide or whatever it was and, and let's see where it takes me and, and that's what happened. And yeah. by the time, like I said, by the time I knew it, I had a six fan and that's where everything started for me, really. No, no, awesome. What a debut. What a debut that mm. is. Yeah, also, that, that, that same year, you went on to play in uh, youth test matches. Um, you played England under-19s against India under-19s. And in mm. particular, in the second test you played, you scored 114 in the first innings. You scored 48 in the second innings. And you also took eight for 157. Talk about announcing yourself in international cricket and letting people know who deal with Sheeta is. Again, that must have been a massive moment for you in your career. Yeah, that was massive. That was massive. You know, England and nineties against India. So this was obviously a lot, big, big step uh, above the international uh, uh, stage. But you know, there was still big players playing them. You know, the, the, in our team we had myself, Moin Ali was at that stage. Me and Moin were good friends. Yeah. Uh, Chopra. There was a few. There was a lot of big players, and then the opposition. Dad, you know, yeah, that Birat Kohli playing in the opposition. So that's a, that's a big name. Yeah. And you know, that was another, like I said, another big step for me. You know, playing like an under-19s test match against India. Uh, and, you know, like I say, getting an eight for a game, 100 as well. That's like you say, that's something as, as an all-rounder is almost like you say, the dream game. You, you know, you get 100, you get a five for That's something like a dream game you would, you know, you, you would want. And that's something that, that, that just happened on, on the day. And, oh, but like I say, again, that was a big What moment. phenomenal. Well, I mean, 2006, I think, looking at your career stats and stuff, was a year that you really, start, you really announced yourself as a, somebody serious to watch with, with performances because at that point you're going to get judged on England under 19s and stuff like that because you're just making your way in um so for you to do that much really I got people looking like this this kid's this kid's one to watch 2007 that then meant that you got young player of the year hmm. very very proud moment uh very proud moment for the family do you remember that do you remember getting that award um I think it was the PCA wasn't it was it PCA yeah. Yeah. Seven, yeah. Yeah. So I remember, that, I remember actually getting that award, yeah, because I went down with my uh, with my father then down to the awards. Yeah. So that was obviously a big thing, you know, winning. Did you, the wear, a suit? Did you wear a nice? Did you wear a nice yeah. suit on that occasion? I'm sure it was a tuxedo. You had to wear yeah, black. Nice, tie. Nice, I'm nice. sure it was black, black tie and stuff. So, yeah. like I said, that was a massive moment, you know, uh, winning winning that award. You know, showed that obviously all the hard work that I've put in the previous two years, you know showed something for it in the sense of you know winning uh player young player of the year mm -hmm. um and that was like i said a, you know i'm sure a big moment in my career but also that's my father as well you know he would be proud of, okay my son you know from a young age has come all this way through the setup now you know young player of the year type of thing so it was like i said a big moment and you know i'm sure he'd be proud as well no brilliant i'm sure all your family sure all your family are proud you might even have got a well done from your brother Haroon which is something difficult to get a get out of her own from my time playing with them. Um, so you, you you then went on 2008 again things 
things kept going for you. There was, you know, mm. your career just keeps keeps momentum going. You had a, a Lions tour um, with the, with the England team to India. What's your memories of that tour? Um, I remember. I think there was my. I think we played in a little competition there. The Rajesh, I forgot what I forgot the trophy name. Okay. It was basically, it was yeah, basically there. Red Bull competition. Ranji Trophy is it or something? Ranji. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Okay. Yeah. It was Red Bull. We played there for I think four or five games. So I, I remember that just being part, part in that because there were people, you know, in our team, there were people like Michael Carberry, there was uh, Robert Key, Moin Ali, Joe Denley. So it, it was the likes of these players that were there at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I said, I remember that vaguely, like going there and just playing in, in, in that, in that, you know, in that competition. Like I said, that was, that was another step in the in the you know like I say in my career, yeah. to achieve what I want to achieve. So uh, it was something like I say I remember, but not not it was I wouldn't say that was one of my like I say a big moment in my career. Yeah. It was another more another step that you have another to take. Step, another step. Yeah. First, was that your first time going to India? Yes, that was the first time. How did I'm you sure. enjoy? How did you enjoy that? That Jay? How was it to let? Was quite a tough place to go and bowl spin. Yeah, it's a tough place to go play cricket, India. You know, because Indians are very good at playing spin bowling as well. They play, yeah. you know, every day, every night. Uh, so it was it was tough in that sense, but obviously it was a great experience going to India and just really, you know, cherishing the actual the whole experience of India and playing cricket, the whole atmosphere. So, you know, it was a good experience. That. No, nice, nice, nice. You came back. You had another big, big performance um, in your career. You took a seven for seven for a hundred and seven. Bees Hampshire, and this was around the time where there was a little bit of criticism coming your way that your bowling was slipping a little bit and your batting was better. Don't know if you remember that, but I re- I just read something, and you you, you certainly put you certainly silenced the doubters. Do you remember that seven foot against Hampshire? Yeah, I remember that. I remember that seven foot. Uh, that was my best probably best bowling figure I think in yeah. the county championship. So that that I remember it was at Hampshire, like I say. Um, it might be like you say a couple of games before that I might I may not have good few good performances with the ball. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's why like I said, that's where all the questions started coming and and yeah, you know, his balling slipping up. But you know, you gotta understand as well, that's part and parcel of oh, yeah. cricket as well, of any sport. You know, you go through ups and uh, ups and downs, performances come and go, good form comes and go. So that's that was irrelevant to me in that sense, you know, because nobody will go through a career or any season generally, you know, at their peak performance every time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in, at that stage, it didn't really bother me just to even think about critics saying, oh, his ball is slipping up. So I was just concentrating on doing my own skills. And just like I say, it happened by chance I got a seven for, so that was a nice, just, it was nice to actually get a seven for just to silence the, you know, critics in the, the cricket yeah. pundit in that sense. So it was, a, it, was a, it was a good time that. No, very good, very good. Um, national team tour to West Indies after that. You didn't play much, but to go mm-hmm. on your first uh, national team tour, Again, this shows the progression in your career that you were just you were just putting the blocks in place steadily, steadily under 19s, uh, Lions tour. Now your first national tour. Talk to me about that experience. Uh, as a you know big big experience. You know that that's the whole dream of any cricketer is to represent England at uh, any any level, whether it's uh, any or any competition, whether it's red ball, white ball, T20 or whatever it is. You know, but I was like I say, fortunate to go on a tour. To West Indies in uh, in 2009, I remember that because there was there were some big big names in that tour 
Flintoff, Peterson, Broad, Anderson, Swan, Pryor, you know, Trot. So the, the Cook, I probably missed quite a few. Monty Panisar as well. He was there, left as left as been. So you know, for me to go into that at uh, age of 21, I reckon I was. You know that I was really like it felt like a big, big, big moment. That big, like a big step going forward. You know, because uh, you know you're almost thinking, right, this is the highest level now. You, you're representing or you're part of a squad at the highest level. This yeah. is what it is for. So I remember even just generally playing warm-up games. It was still I felt a lot of pressure, not like pressure in the sense of big players all around me here. How am I going to go? How am I going to As a youngster, how am I thinking? I'm playing with the likes of Glintoff and Peterson and, yeah. and all just, just that was going through my mind and that stuff. So in that way, it really got to me and it, and it potentially, even I played one couple of warm-up games there, I think it probably did affect me in the sense of my own performances, how I perform. You know, get nervous, you get like this, always, the, you know, you're playing with big players, you know, it's the whole atmosphere, what they're going to think, how you're going to perform. So all that was, you know, in my mind as well at that stage. I was only young. I didn't really know much about just, just how to cope with it, how to deal with that kind of situation and that kind of pressure. Even though, yet yeah, bearing in mind, this wasn't actually going into a test match. It wasn't like me making my debut. It was just actually, I get yeah. what you're meaning. When you're looking at Medov and Plintov standing there and yeah. and you're thinking, I don't want to make myself look stupid here. That the that will just maybe make you not perform to the best you yeah. can do it. And, and leg, another thing is leg spin a deal. Hardest hardest skill in cricket, I think, to do if you're mm-hmm. I mean I'm a, I'm a top order batsman left hander on a nervous day, your hands can get a wee bit nervous, you know, you need to get yourself going, but it's not too bad. Mm-hmm. But with leg spin if you've got a little bit of tension in your hand or something, it's very hard to get the ball out. It's it's very difficult, and I've and I've and I've gone through that many times. You know, yeah. you go through that throughout your career. But at that particular time in 2009, when everything really was started to kick off properly in terms of international, going to international tours with England, that's when that kind of pressure and that kind of feeling got to me a lot more because I wasn't used to it. There's a lot of nerves about, you know, once you get that tension, you can't really ball properly. So I probably, even in the nets or even generally in the warm-up games, I, would, I didn't ball as I wanted to ball. You know, there was a lot of, like you say, hands were getting stiff, wrists were getting stiff, but a lot of sweat going around. So like I said, nerves and, anxiety, uh, you know, getting anxious in that way. So, yeah. um, but like I said, then I didn't, I didn't even represent, I didn't even play a test match. So it wasn't like me, oh, I'm making my debut. Then fair enough, you might understand if I was making my debut and I was getting nervous. Yeah. But this is... Prior to that, just like a practice game stuff, there was a lot of nerves in that sense as well. But like I said, that's part and parcel. What were the guys like though? What was um, your names? Two big guys in particular there: um, Freddie Flintoff, Kevin Peterson. Two mm. not just ticket stars, but worldwide famous celebrities. Almost. What were they like with you? They both, you know, from my point of view, Flintoff strikes me as a, as a great guy, but Kevin mm. Peterson strikes me as a great guy as well. I think maybe misunderstood. What's your opinion? Um, no, they're both, they're both great guys in their own right. You know, I, I got, fortunate for me, I got along with them both, you know, a lot. You know, I was, like I said, I was close to Freddie, uh, especially in the West Indies tour. I remember him really taking me under his, in, in, under his wing type of thing. You know, yeah. he looked after me on the pitch, off the pitch. So, we and him became good friends in that sense, you know, really looked after me. So, a lot of credit goes to him. Him and Steve Harmison, who was at that time as well, okay. really, you know, looked after me well and, Really, you know, like you said, like a little brother type of thing. They looked, they looked yeah, yeah. like that and used to spend a lot of time together. You know, so a big thank you goes out to him for that. And also KP as well, in his own right, he's a, he's a top guy. 
you know, me and him got along well. You know, we have, we have, we've had some good times on and off the pitch as well. So, you know, so like I said, when, I've, I, when I came into the England squad at that stage, I, you know, I, I felt welcome, you know, with the, with the boys that, you know, really welcomed me in and I got along with everybody. But it was just more so how I felt, you know, being surrounded yeah. by such like, big, big superstars. Yeah, yeah. so again, you came back from there. You actually then replaced the injured Freddie Flintoff. Uh, no pressure on ending the deal. You get the phone call, listen, big Freddie's injured. You're, you, you're coming in uh, for the 2009-20 World Cup in England. Now, again, I remember watching that World Cup. You were a very young boy, very inexperienced. You, you took three wickets in the tournament. Um, watching on, it looked like you were just finding your feet at that point in international cricket. Tell me about tell me about your experience of that. Um, like that, this is a massive. This is probably the like said, the biggest thing in my career up to date. It's a massive yeah. thing playing, yeah. playing at World Cup, T Twenty World Cup in England. Yeah, you know, it was a big moment for myself. Nervous, the whole world's watching. You know, how am I going to cope? How am I going to do? All these questions start kicking in because at a young age. That's all I knew, that type of thing. You know, I didn't really experience the whole, all the stuff. So there was a lot of, you know, a lot of, it was excitement. There's a lot of yeah. nerves, a lot of, oh my God, how am I going to cope? What am I going to do here? I hope it goes well. A lot of doubts start creeping in, into my mind, into my game. To be fair, in that tournament, I didn't bowl. I actually bowled quite well in the sense, okay, I, I, I can only play four games anyway, four or five games, I can't remember. But I actually felt as though I bowled quite well, but I didn't just, get the wickets I wanted but that's, yeah. that can happen mm -hmm. but that was definitely the first taste of like right this is international cricket this is probably the biggest stage going around you know I, I felt as I come quite well there yeah but you know uh, no I wasn't saying you didn't but I just uh, what you no. what, what you went on to do in other World Cups yeah, yeah compared to that one you were just finding your you were getting, yeah. you know you got to kind of get into it a little bit and the, the wickets Maybe didn't flow, but you, I'm not, you, you contained and you, you put in a good performance. Yeah. But what I know of Adil Rashid now is you can take three, four wickets in a game and you can change the match. Yeah, that, probably, that probably didn't happen in, in that World Cup. No, that didn't happen. Plus, also, I was a different kind of baller then. You know, there was, I didn't have a role. I didn't know what my role was in the team then. It was, you know, it was a lot of confu confusion in my head of what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Uh, what's my role? How do they see me? What the coach sees me as, well, the captain, because these questions we don't, I didn't really ask at that stage, because like I said, I was probably new, you know came in as a as a youngster and I didn't really know much. I just came and just trying to perform my best. Yeah. But you know, if I you know if I had to go back and play that again, I would definitely ask that, especially because you gain experience when you once you play a lot more, you gain experience. You know, you're bowling a lot more. You know this. So when I like when I played that World Cup, it was just myself trying my best to ball. There was nothing else to it. There was no, like I say, what's my role, what I'm doing, what what the camp thing, captain thinks of me, what do players think of me in that sense of what how it is now. Now, you know, now it's completely different. Now, then, now you basically now you take you take to the field for England. You know you know what your job is, you know what mm -hmm. you're there to do, you know what others expect of you. Then it was just I want to show what I can do, but yeah. I don't really know the best way to go about it. But I'll just do what I always do and, and try to bowl and do my best. Whereas now you're obviously a, 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 a seasoned campaigner. It was just you know early days. You finished that World Cup and you again. Now this is something I want the viewers to be aware because I think people maybe don't give you don't know enough about this. Is how good a batsman you were or you are because you scored 117 for Hampshire in a game 
and then you followed that game up with 157 against Lancashire, and you took five for 97 in that match. I mean, these are serious, serious performances. You don't get to do. I mean, players, most players don't get to put in performances like that in championship games. So mm. talk to me about. I mean, your your batting, your batting is, is is a serious art in your game. You know, is it still? You still think your batting is valued? Um. You know, I really took pride in stuff because, as I, from a young age, from age of eleven till what age am I going up till twenty-five? I'll say twenty-six. You know, I remember from age of eleven, I, I was batting number three. So yeah. for Yorkshire, number eleven is number three. For England, under fifteen is number three. England nineteens, I used to bat number three. When mm-hmm. it came to Yorkshire first team, okay, I dropped down to five six. Mm-hmm. That's when I stuck to that number five six five six as an all-rounder spot. So, you know, I took a lot of pride in my batting and, and it really was part of my game then, you know, growing up. I didn't perform with the ball. I had the bat, bat, ball, vice versa. So it was equal for me at that stage in my career, from 11 to 25, till, till 2012 for Yorkshire. You know, that, uh, sorry, till 2013, 14. It was all equal to for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as, as time goes on, my roles changed. Played for England recently, like five years ago. Uh, you know, the, then... People start coming into the system. They they drop in that position. So you know, I drop in further down, further down, further down. Then you start buying up, buying nine, ten, eleven. You don't really get much batting practice, batting time in term in, in, in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, you can lose your batting. So and and don't really feel as confident as you know you do when you used to play. So mm-hmm. definitely, I feel as though, like I say, my batting has gone <laughs> gone on a downward slope. Yeah, yeah. But but then I look at the positive side because then my bowling has gone the upward slope. You know. Yeah. So yeah. I can't complain. It is what it is. You know, I, I wouldn't go back and do anything different. What I, what I can do now is actually going forward is really tr- start to really look my batting again. Sometimes it can be a bit difficult, you know, when you play for England, you're batting number 9, 10, 11. You, know, you, yeah. get, you get a bit down. You're not, not really needed here. So yeah. you don't really work on your batting as much because you don't get game time. So all that comes into it and it can affect your game, it can affect your batting. And it has done over the years, it's affected my batting because I don't really get to bat much and stuff. And I mean, you do, you only face a couple of balls at the end of the innings and, and so on and so But um, So over the years, I would say my batting has gone, definitely gone like down in the sense of, you know, performances. Okay, okay. I, uh, I mean, you still had some, there's still some things I'm going to talk about with your batting. So it's not like your batting stopped at that point. So we went no. on uh, ODI debut. 27th of August 2009, be mm. the be the Irish against Ireland. Mm. Um, must remember that quite 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 well. I I do remember that because I remember it was a rain 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 game. So we had like a, I think I can't remember how many overs it was. Maybe 15, 17 overs aside. Mm. So it was it was a different like I say debut. You know, uh, like I say we're looking we're looking forward to playing the full 50 full 50 overs, but yeah. got reduced. To, I think like I said 17 over the side uh, there's a couple of us making a debut at the same time I reckon as well myself was it Morgan or was it Denley I can't remember I think it was some of us all making at the same time so like I said that was a massive step as well you know making your debut against any side you know but that was a big step for me and like I said that's something I would, I would remember that's because that's when it started as well you had to play against the, the Aussies um, which is uh, and you and you put in a serious performance. I remember this very well because the following day I was playing a club game with your brothers. So this is something that stuck in my memory. Also, 
I played against the Australians a couple of days before that, before they started the England series. And I, my, my memory was not so good. Brett Lee almost killed me. Mitchell Johnson, hit me, Brett, Mitchell Johnson hit me in the arm. You had a bit of a better experience. You bowled 10 overs for 37 runs. That's a, that was a serious, serious bowling performance. How, you know, talk to me about that memory. Um, yeah, I remember that quite clearly, actually, because that was like my first proper one-day international. You know, because the, the day before it was rain reduced, it was was it, so if it was it was yes my debut, but it didn't feel like that. When I yeah. played against Aussies, that was like a big step, big challenge. Now, right, playing Australia, the best ODI team in the world at that stage. How am I gonna cope? Come on, you know, like that kind of thing. How was I gonna cope? But you know, it, I, yeah, I, I remember that as well because I had a little bit of a game plan of what I'm gonna do, how I'm gonna ball, how I'm gonna go about it, and then I tried to execute that and. Except what, 10 what, what was your what was your game plan? You can tell us now. Yeah, it's been, I, was, I, was, I was trying to keep it as simple as possible, really, and just yeah. getting the batsman coming forward and making him drive. At yeah. that stage, you know, uh, and that's what I did. And as a result, like I said, got 10 or 37. Didn't get any didn't get any wickets, but I kept it tight. Yeah. Uh, so that was like a thing of oh yes, you know, I've done this. You know, so I feel quite confident that you know what, I can do this again. Yeah, it's not you know it's potential I can do this again. So because I experienced that, I taste you know I taste what international cricket was like. I thought, oh, okay, I can deal with that here. This is not too bad actually. You know, yeah, playing yeah. against the best in the world and balling to you know Ponting and Clark, whoever it is, and that. You know, this is this is okay. I can hold my own here. I can I can. Yeah, I, 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 can know, my own. I don't need to be in fear of these people. I can I can yeah. play against them. And, and that's why it was so. But when I made that debut, it felt quite good. I was like, yeah, you know, I didn't did okay, yeah. And, and then, then just on the batting front that we were talking about, you then came out and you made a quick fire. I remember it well. You hit some lovely shots off Lee. You scored 31 not out, quite quick fire. You were playing the ball um, through the covers. You hit a few through the covers, really nice. How did that feel to get to get the ball on the bat and show that you could do it at that level as well? So you basically proved in, the, in that game that you can do it with both both ball and bat. Yeah, so that, like you said, the situation of the game, like uh, we need a 60, 70 to win off. 40, 50 balls with three wickets left or whatever it was. So, um, it, for me, at that stage, it was just to make sure, right, look to hit the ball, you know, whether I'm practising, try to do the same skills. So, except fortune for me, you know, I was practising a few shots probably in the nets, in the nets before, you know, the couple of days before. And that's when Bradley, like I said, I was here for a couple of fours, you know, maybe through the covers outside off, through, the, through extra cover, a few flicks here and there. So, it was nice for me to actually go out there and just, to contribute into almost winning that as well because we were only yeah. three four in short, you know. Yeah, it was a great game. Yeah, three four in short. Yeah, so, like say, for me to get them runs, it actually, you know, to show, also show to not just to, mainly to show England in terms of what our side is, to show them that yes, he can bat and he's got, you know, he's capable of actually winning, finishing, finishing a game and also winning it for us. So yeah. it was nice to get that that as well. Two thousand and ten, left out of the England team. Um, and you decided that, right, okay, you know, dust yourself off, got on a plane, popped over to Australia to play for South Australia, where you performed remarkably well. You took 10 wickets in the tournament and you finished just behind Nathan Lyon and Pat Cummins. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? And how did you feel when you were left out of the England team? Um, mm, I didn't really think much of it then. In that sense, I thought of it as like, right, it's going to be hard to get back into it. But I didn't really think of it of, right, crap, I, I had to make sure I get back in the England team. You know, I've got to do this, I have to do that, I have to do this, I need to do this. It was a more of a thing, right, you know, 
it is what it is. I played for England. I represent England. You know, it's probably done now. So that was my mindset. It's probably done now. You know, I played for England. I'm done now. So that's just it is what it is. Let's move on and and take it from there. Yeah. And that's what that's exactly. I remember a big bash. Went to big bash. 2011. Yeah. Myself and Pollard were the overseas players. Then came and Pollard from West Indies. Yeah. So that was a big moment. I was like I said, I was young, going into a a competition that was big as an overseas player. You know, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to do. But you know, I didn't. And I also I knew there was gonna be a lot of pressure on me in that sense because as an overseas player, you know, you got to go there and perform. Yeah. Um. But you know, but it turned out to be like you say, a really good tournament for myself, but also for the team. We won, we won the we won the league, won the tournament yeah. then as well. And for me to contribute to that, to get you know second leader wicket taker at the tournament, you know, I felt like well, you know what I can I can do this. You know, I can be a part of teams here, people, you know, value me in the sense of you're, you're an overseas player and you perform well. So it was a big, that, that was a big moment for me in my, in my career, not in, international wise, just striving to that, but also just in the domestic terms of things, you know, in sounds playing. Like, sounds like it was quite a maturing time for you, probably put you on to, you know, you're, you're, you're seen as the man, one of the two men that are expected, not hoping, you're expected, if you, and over, if overseas players, it's like when you get uh, signed for a club on a Saturday. As a kind of paid player or something, and you turn up to play, they're not. They expect you to expect you to perform. It's the same thing at that level. They're not expecting you to just come over. Hey, don't worry about it. Deal. Bounce back next game. They want it from the start. Yeah, that, that's that's what it is. You know, um, sometimes it can be quite tricky as well. You know, when you when you go as an overseas player, you got you know sometimes people expect you to make sure you know because they they've seen so much. They expect you to do well, and you know, so that puts a lot more extra pressure on you. But sometimes yeah. when you go as an overseas player, as somebody new and they're not, you know, they're not seeing you before, then you put that expectation on yourself. Yeah. You know, you sometimes, sometimes you put too much pressure on yourself mm -hmm. because, you know, they, what they're thinking of me, you know, you know, I need to perform, you know. But 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 when you look in their eyes, they're just thinking, oh, he's, he's, he's maybe his first, you know, his first tour as an overseas player, so we don't really expect too much from him. But on yourself, you're putting too much pressure. So and that can be your downfall as as a, as a player as well. You know, you could be a downfall putting too much pressure on yourself. But I was looking lucky in the sense that uh, in, in through that tournament, probably by the first game, I remember the first game really well, but I probably, I probably put too much pressure on myself the first game. Mm -hmm. Bought a couple of overs, didn't get any wickets. Didn't really, did or didn't really actually didn't do well, and that's when you go back to your hotel. You think, oh my god, this could be a long, long tournament. This because yeah. your first game gone thinking, what they thought of me. We have pretty this? lonely place as well. I'd imagine yeah. people, everyone's probably thinks internet, you know, being away on tour, it's, it's all this. When you go back to that hotel room, it's just you, and you, you've had a tough day at the office. You know, it's, mm. it's, it's mental then, isn't it, more than anything else? It is mentally. So, like I said, after the first game, you have these doubts thinking, oh my God, this is going to be a long tournament. What did they think of me? Oh my God, I must not be good enough. They must think I'm not a good baller, this and that. You start doubting up until you play your next game. So, that could be another three, four days. So, then then, then three, four days can be a lonely place then because you're yeah. always thinking about my performance. How am I going to do this? What what they think of me? Oh my God, I need to make sure I perform. All these questions and doubts start kicking in. You know, because at that time, like I said, I was fairly young. As, I was young as well, 21, 22, uh, that age. Where away from home as well, a long way away from home. You can't just pop in and see your dad or see your brother or something. You're alone. So all these come into it. You know, all this comes into it. You know, 
and that's what it was for me back then, really, just generally in, in like I said, in playing the ta- that tournament, Big Bash. It was like that after the first game, it was all the all them doubts creeping in, you know, getting a bit upset or getting a bit down in the hotel, and then that would drag on maybe for a couple of days up until you play the next game. But like I said, I was fortunate enough as soon as the next game came, I played, I got three for ball well. But as soon as that happened, it was it felt everything completely yeah. changed. The whole atmosphere changed, and it felt like the everyone's loving you. You get yeah, you're getting a lot of pats in the back. Yeah. So so once that happened, it was like oh, I feel a bit more relaxed and chilled. And after that, I just I, I just took over, and my performances were good, and I was relaxed, and I felt comfortable around the team. You know, I felt welcomed and stuff. So, you know, so that was a big like I said, a big step in my career that. No, big, 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 big moment. You obviously finished third in the wicket tallies, as I mentioned, so very successful tournament. Now, something I'm big on in these interviews um, is I love to tell you, take you through memory lane and talk to you about all the highs in your career, but this next one I'm going to talk to you about is a bit of a low point in your career. Mm-hmm. You might remember it well. I'm sure you put it out at the back of your mind, but you bowled what, what I would probably say is probably your worst spell in, in cricket at that point. You took no wickets. For 187 against Sussex, do you remember that spell? And what I mean, what was that? Just the flattest wicket in the world, or what? What, what happened that day? Do you remember it? I think that was 2011. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, but I remember it like vaguely. I remember it, but not properly. But you know that at that period of time, I'll take it through now from period 2011 season, 2012 season. Then two seasons will probably. In terms of my cricket, we're probably my worst two seasons. Well, just while you're on it, I won't. I'll let you keep going. But Jeffrey Boycott had a dig at you as well. He said <laughs> you kind of stagnate. Now we all know, but Jeffrey likes to have a dig. Start Jeffrey Boycott likes to have a dig when he he likes to tell you straight. But I think what he said was you haven't improved. You just kind of stayed where you were, and okay. so you've been up. So, but continue on there. Two years there of your career. So, 2011-12 were the two years of my career where there was a big dip in batting, bowling. You know, in the sense of cricket, I was fat, didn't know what to do. I was searching for my game. As, you know, as probably a sportsman generally, you know, you go through these experiences or whatever. But then two years were really a big down for me. Then two years, you know, you, you, I felt a bit like a lonely player. I felt a bit yeah. upset, questioning about my cricketing skills, my cricketing abilities. Mm-hmm. And uh, my performances were great. I was in and out the side, Yorkshire side, nowhere near England, in and out Yorkshire side. Uh, thinking, right, am I even going to get another contract with Yorkshire here, you know, yeah. the previous years? And that's when, like you say, you had the critics, people like Jeffrey Boyka and other people saying, yep, he's not going off, he's done, he's finished. Yeah. You know, players, even maybe players, like, you know, how they talk amongst themselves, yeah, he's done now, he's finished, and all this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, at that stage, you know, you believe it, you start thinking, yeah, this is, you know, what... You know, I can't do this much longer. How am I? When am I going to get better? Am I going to improve? When am I going to, you know, become a regular back in the team? So all these questions are coming these two years, and it was a tough two years for me. And 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 these two years, like I say, made me after that. Because like I say, every like I say, if it wasn't for them two years, I wouldn't be where I am today. Because them two years changed me not just as a person in terms of cricket, but as a person as well in terms of just general life. Well, just it, something my, I want to just something I want to touch on, brother. Hmm. At that point, just prior to that, you were a lovely little um, clean-shaven, where you know you always looked about. Every time I seen you, you always looked about. You know, fifteen years old. You know, and mashallah, you decided to grow this lovely beard that you have. We're looking at today. 
was around this time now obviously you're born a muslim adil so um, you know you were you, you were brought up a muslim but was it around this point that you properly i know i've been born a muslim for instance but only in recent times if i'm honest probably more recent than what yours has been have i turned properly to my islam and you know praying five times a day you know you know paying my sadqa doing everything i can to be a good muslim was it around this time when you say you had to find yourself that you really turned to your religion uh, massively, massive. This, this was, this was the time. It was not because of cricket. You know, it wasn't. I have to turn my life because of cricket. It was in my time of life just because of the how the whole situation was. Um, yeah. So it was back, back in the 2012. I remember, like, just generally, you know, questioning myself. You know, like, just the thoughts of what, what am I meant to be doing? What, you know, what is my purpose? So all these questions started really coming in, and that's that's what I actually met. Uh, Sakre Mushtaq, because okay. he, he came to Bradford that time, in the he came to Bradford, just going around, I met him in the mosque, because I went down just to pray, by chance I met him there, and that's when it all kicked off, because we had a chat then, and, you know, the chat we had was just generally just on the topic of, you know, Islam, and, and, and you know, what's your purpose, and all the going into it, that kind of thing, and it really got me thinking of, right, you know, that's so true, what me and Saki was talking about here, you know, I need to sort myself out, not just for cricket, we're not talking cricket, we're just talking in, in general life, in my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And that's what it was, it was at that moment, that's when, like I say, I made a U-turn in, in terms of life, trying to, you know, stay away from the wrong things, the trying to go... Cafes, the shisha cafes too much, and the restaurants, and the social scene with your mates, I imagine, and you put, put more energy into your, into your salon. Yeah, but your... that, that, that's... Not just like you say, I'm, I'm probably speaking not just for myself, I'm speaking probably for majority of Muslims generally, they will always go through that path where, you know, maybe things are not going well, you, you know, your life is not going so well in terms of just generally maybe not praying as much, you know, you're not on it as much to, right, I need to, I need to make a U-turn in my life and then, you know, off we go. So that's why it was there for me as well. So, like I said, I made that U-turn back in the 2012. But, and that was, like you said, the game changer for me, you know, my life completely changed from there. You know, I, became, I, I, I made a U-turn getting closer to my religion, getting to know my religion a bit more. But as a result of that, just by doing that, my whole mindset changed in terms of cricket. My whole attitude towards cricket completely changed. It was more so then, right, it was more so then, right, thinking, right, I'll train hard, I'll work hard, I'll do whatever, but I'll leave it in God's hands. That kind of thinking. You know, whereas before, prior to that, there was not, not that thinking. I didn't have that thinking, you know, there was not that thinking or I had a bad day. It was also, it was always questioning myself and, and, and there wasn't that thinking of, right, I'll work hard, I'll trade hard, I'll let, you know, I'll try to perform my best, but it is what it is, it's up to God. So that thinking wasn't there prior to 2012. After 2012, that's when I started, that's when I started thinking like that, right? I'll try my best, put my, you know, effort in, in terms of training, whatever I do. And the game, I'll try my best, but what is what it is, it's up to God. So religion, like you say, played a massive part in in where I am today. Played a massive part in me becoming how I am today in terms of cricket as well. No, mashallah, it's great to hear you listen to you because I obviously was watching from the outside. Um, it wasn't just yourself. I've obviously watched on closely and watched the career of Moin Ali as well. Who mm -hmm. both of you, have, you know, transitioned and changed. I mean, again, born Muslims, but. The, 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 the beards and the noor in your face and everything as you know you boys look like and, and your careers have gone to great heights 
So you're a fantastic role model from that point of view for all us Muslims, um, young kids coming through. Um, so, you know, I commend you for that, mashallah. It's, it's, it's amazing, amazing to see. So, okay, you went through a couple of tough, tough years. You managed to find yourself in your personal life. You managed to get closer to your dean. Um, and in 2015, you were named back into the test squad to go mm. to the West Indies. Unfortunately, you didn't play much because Treadwell was preferred over you, but at least you were back in the frame. Yeah, so like you said, that, you know, that, that year, 2011-12, big, you know, drop in my career. Uh, got back into 13-14. You know, at that, at that stage, it was, you know, for myself, I never thought about, right, I can represent England again. There was never that thinking, I can get rep represent England again, or my aim is to play for England again. It was a, it was a thing of it, it just happened. Because 2013, 14, I put good performances in. And it just happened, like, like that kind of mindset. So, you know, like I say, when I got back into the system in, term, in 2015, it was a, that was a big, big thing for me. From 2012 to 15, a two, three-year period where I wasn't almost going to... Uh, Still be yeah, playing cricket, have a contract yeah. Yeah. to 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 them two years getting back into the England self. Yeah, like I said, that, like it's a lot of credit there. All the credit goes to my like I said, my change in lifestyle, my religion, uh, my mindset. All that changed then. Uh, went into 2015 to West Indies. Didn't play, but like I say, it was nice to be part of the squad going to West Indies. Knowing that, I, right, I'm, I'm and imagine you weren't annoyed of not playing. You were probably no, just happy. You were probably no, just happy. Happy to be back, probably because you've been through a couple of tough years in your in your career. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you were quite happy. I imagine Treadwell's quite a nice guy. Uh, ahead. He looks like quite a you know, straight-edge kind of guy. So you were just yeah. back in the changing room, back in the fold, ready to, to go on from there. And you certainly did go on from there. The game that you know really stands out for me was you played a game against the Kiwis, New Zealand. Um, and you, you took part in a 177-run partnership with... Uh, one of the main men for English cricket right now, Josh Butler. Um, and you also scored your maiden ODI 50. Um, and, and you went on in the, the bowling part of the performance to take four for 55, including a beautiful googly to remove probably up there with Steve Smith, Virat Kohli, and I would say Kane Williamson are the top three, three players for me in, in world cricket. I know some people would like to bring Joe Root into that. I would say Joe Root's just slightly behind those three guys just now. Um, but Kane Williamson, big wicket. But what a performance by you. That must have, you know, all those years of staying strong and your religion and everything and working hard. And then you put a performance like that and that must have really said, right, I'm back. No, definitely. Because this, this, like I said, this was the first game back now. Yeah. Remember, remember that at this stage as well, England, we all, this was when we got everybody, like I said, there was, there was, there was a new brand of English cricket because we were gearing up for the 2019 World Cup. So at this stage as well, there was a new faces in there. Alex Hill, Jason Roy, Joe Rue, Morgan, a skipper, yeah. you know, uh, myself. So it basically was the whole new group of bunch of lads. So, so, so when I went back in there, if I felt quite fresh, like it felt good. I felt in, in a good place in the sense of, right, the team-wise, young team, different. We're playing a different brand of cricket. So when I went in there, it gave me the confidence even before actual, actually bowling and batting. Mm -hmm. That you know, I, you know, we're in it together here. Yeah, um, it's a young family basically. We're all we're all at early, similar stages in our career. So let's this is exciting. Yeah, it was really exciting. And then, like you say, performance-wise with the bat, 
a big massive partnership with uh, uh, Josh Butler. Well, like I said, one seventy odd. That played a massive part as well. Showing that I can bat again. We were in a tricky situation, but me and we got a big massive partnership together. Four hundred runs or something. Yeah. Uh, that was like I said, massive thing for me. And then bowling. That was the main key. That was the main thing. Batting was the bonus then, but the main thing was the bowling. You know, early my first couple of overs, I know I started off nicely. Then I got, once I got the wicket of Kane Williamson, that's when you know I just came into my own a bit more. Started on my leggies. Google has got a forfeit. But once I got that forfeit and stuff, that's when things started to really click and think, you know what, this could be some, uh, you know, start of something special in terms of not just myself, but in terms of the team of how we want to play cricket, you know, how we want to go about things. You know, we're looking for attacking spinner, we're looking for attacking batsman, fast baller, you know, all that bases, all that exciting stuff and new brand of cricket. So, you know, for me, I felt like I was a part of that. Once I got that forfeit, I felt as though, you know, I'm a big part of this already. You know, they're looking at me as that kind of baller that comes in, gets wickets in the middle overs where wickets are hard to come by. And for me, just to get that four for at that stage, that was a big moment for me in my career. No, Marcelo, top top performance. Um, you didn't play in the Ashes. You weren't included in the Ashes. Um, mm. However, you came into the, the ODI um, series. And again, you started, things started motoring for you now. Uh, you put in a performance in the third ODI against Australia where you took four for 59, which was, again, a match-winning performance as a leg spinner to put in. How did, how did you feel in, in that game? Uh, good, because, you know, very good, actually, because that was a big step now. Australia coming over, playing a, you know, ODI series against them, best ODI team in the world, you know, playing against the best. So for me to get four for there, knowing that, you know what, I can get people like Steve Smith out and Warner and these people... You know, like give me that confidence knowing you know I can do this you know if I can get them out I can do well I'm sure I'll, I'll do well against you know other teams as well so it give me that extra confidence knowing that you know I can perform at the highest level against the best team in the world so that was like you say another big step in, in, in the in the step just when you just to try and get into your mindset when you when you're at the top of your run up and you get given the ball and you come on against an Australia and Steve Smith's batting at the other end What's going through? What, what's going through your head? Are you thinking, right? I just want to land a couple nicely to get going here, or am I looking to just? I don't want to go for any run. Or are you thinking straight away? I'm backing myself. I'm taking. I'm getting this guy. See that that changed over years. Even 2015 till this very day, that's changed over years. You know, 2015. Yeah, my role in the team was different in terms of. Uh, when I first come onto ball, you know, you might want to be like, oh, let me just land a few first. And yeah. ball one, two overs quite tight here and there. And maybe hopefully I don't go for many. Maybe, like I said, that may be the mindset and then get into my own. But like, that has changed over the years. Like now it could be straight away from ball one. My aim is trying to get him out. Yeah. Balling my variations straight away from ball one, balling a wrong gun, balling a slider, leggy, balling this, that. So that, that has come over the years of, for example, uh, Morgs, for me getting, you know, Morgs trusting me. That's come from that's come massive from that as my captain, having belief in me, having trust in me that you know you can do as you please because he has been my captain for four or five years. He knows what I'm capable of, he knows what I've been doing, what I can do, what I've achieved, you know, all, all the stuff. So that's why it gives me the confidence as well to know that my captain's by my side, he's always backing me. He knows, right? He'll throw me the ball, be right, look, body very look to get the wicket, bang. So from ball one, you got that confidence already. So even even these five years. It's changed from series to series, year to year. A bowling has always developed in that sense, in the mind. And hopefully, inshallah, it'll keep developing that way. So, um, you know, 
like I say, it, it depends. If I come to ball to Smith, Smith again, it could be like from you know confident. It could be from ball one right. I know I've got him out before five, six times. You know, yeah. I've, got, I've got his number. So what am I doing yeah, yeah. here for ball one? Let's try getting wrong. And I know I've played against him before, so the field setting is this because he struggles to hit a heel out of blocking. So all that comes, like I say, again with experience, yeah. with playing a lot more, playing against the best players in the world, playing against them quite often as well. You know where you got them out before. You know your their weaknesses, their strengths. Um, and that's what it is. So, like I said, if I'm top of my mark, it all depends. But from like now, it's about being that real aggressive baller in terms of trying to get the wickets, trying to get the breakthroughs. You know, the punishment 100 coming on right. My aim is to get the wicket because you got the backing of your skipper, you got the backing of your players because they know what you've done, what you're capable of doing, and you know what you're going to do. And if it doesn't work, it's fine because you know the skipper wants something for you, and he also knows that we're all human and we're all never going to perform every day. You know, you know, you know, cricket, you have more bad days than good days generally as well. So they accept that. They know that. I was going to talk to you about it. We will, we will touch on it, obviously, later. There's a big, big part of this um, this podcast at the end that I'm sure we'll talk about, which is obviously... But since you've touched on it, um, Owen Morgan. So I, um, I spent six months in an academy with Owen Morgan in South Africa um, when we were around the age of... 21, 21, Morgan's a couple of years younger than me. Um, mm. I also played a lot of junior cricket against him. Me being from Scotland, him being from Ireland, we played a lot of juniors against each other. And I remember um, being in that academy with Morgs, and he was a big team man. Uh, when I used to score runs, he was very, very happy for me. There was a game that I played with Morgs that I got a 70 to win the game, and Morgs was the first guy up, you know, behind me, you know, supporting me. You know, sometimes when you're batters in the top order there can be a wee bit of oh I want, I want to do I don't like it when he does well I want to do well but he seems to have just taken to this captaincy like like so comfortable with such and, and he seems to have gelled all like you were mentioning it's a young family there and Morgs has to be the one that is credited you've mentioned a few times there how much he's managed you well he and obviously we'll go on to talk about what the finale has been when you know with his leadership but you're talking it's been a Going in momentum for five years, he must be a big factor in, in your success. Uh, massively, you know, he's a great leader. Uh, people listen to him. Uh, the main, I think, the main, big biggest attribute and biggest skill generally is that he always stays level as a captain. Yeah. That's that's a big thing that I found as well. The captains that generally I've played against, uh, been captain me in the past, have always generally tend to have these ups and downs in terms of facial expressions in terms of on the pitch, you know, they show emotion and stuff. And that can really put put you off as well. Yeah. Can, you know, because if you're doing well, they're all happy. If you're not doing well, they, they can show that emotion just by their yeah. body language and their actions. You know, one of Morgan's big attributes is, like you say, he's very level-headed. He's relaxed. He's grounded. Like you say, he's, he's humble in that sense. And he's got a very, like you say, very clear vision and clear mind. You know, for me, like I said, I'll... Like it's like oh, it's a privilege or I feel like, you know, for him to be our, you know, captain leader, there would have been nobody else would be better to suit that role than him. Mm-hmm. It's purely of how he handles things, how people listen to him, how he's got the respect of the people. Purely, like he says, like he says, with every, he's got that togetherness. He's brought that togetherness for us to all be a one. Uh, and for me personally as well, like I say, he's made... He's been there. So like I said, if I came in the team in 2015 and he wasn't captain with somebody else, could have been a completely different ballgame because that captain may have not, you know, showed me the same confidence that Morgs did. You know, as a result, that would have affected maybe my balling a bit more. Uh, maybe the captain had a bit more of a, 
up and down, you know, emotions. express emotions as well on the pitch, and that would affect you not just myself, but other players as well. Or captains, you look at him and he's throwing his hands around, he's doing this. So that's been a massive part from 2015, you know, to this very moment. Every time he's on the pitch, he's captain, you very rarely see any kind of emotion in that sense. It's always been that level. Yeah, he's always, I've never seen him, I've never seen him like arms waving at anybody. Even if things are not going too well, he, he might be might be a wee bit angry inside or frustrated. Yeah, something. That's just not true. He, just, he just has a very, very, like you say, poker face. Um, and, and when you're dealing with the media and stuff as well, he always comes across very relaxed, you know, doesn't let his emotions boil over. And that's very important for a captain. So, you know, it's good to touch on that. And it's good to hear. And I think he'll be captain for, for many years to come yet. Um, yep. 2015, um, you've had all these great performances, but then a big, big moment came in 2015. It must have been a very proud moment for you as well, as you made your test debut in mm. October 2015 against, you know, where you, where you originate from, which is obviously, like myself, Pakistan. Um, you, you, you played against the, the Pakistani UAE. It didn't start too well. First innings, you bowled a set for zero for 163. You were probably thinking, let me just get in a plane and get out of here. I don't want to bowl in these pitches. That's what, yeah, that's what it was. It was it was that thinking, obviously, exciting time, playing, making test debut, but also then playing against Pakistan. Yeah. Big thing, not just myself, but for family playing you know, test cricket. Big moment for me. How am I going to cope? You know, because Pakistan have done so well in the UAE over a period of years. It's a tough challenge. Yeah. Like I said, the first thing didn't go as I expected. You know, not 460, not 460, I'm sorry. And, and that's, you know, I was like, here's what it is. You know, I try my best, but what can I do? Yep. But actually, then things change, you know, how things change very quickly, how things, things can change. Things, things change. You you probably went home that night, sat in the hotel room, absolutely knackered from the heat and the, you know, thinking what, and then you came out and just, I mean, I mean, imagine you went and played some, played some players and did some, did some to Allah to help you. And in the second innings, five for a hundred, five for 64, what a transition of what happened in the first innings. What a moment for you, what a moment for your family, everybody. Yeah, definitely. You know, th th that's what it was. You know, that it shows that, you know, how, for example, in sport as well, how things can change very quickly. You know, so it's important just even by that, not to just generally get down if you have a bad performance. You know, it's making sure you still have that belief and confidence, still have that backing of your own ability that, you know, you worked hard, you're still good enough. But, you know, a couple of bad performances, a bad form doesn't, you know, really mean that you're a you know, bad player or whatever. So even that, when it was there, I wasn't really questioning myself. It was... More of a, it was more of a thing of right, it is what it is, you know, I'll try my best. I'll come back again and do this, try my best again. Came back, tried again, like I said, about five and you almost won the game from there as well if it wasn't for the light. So, yeah, that was a big, 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 big step as well, like I said, getting a test five for debut. You went on as well in the second test. You played, a, a, I remember, actually it was against you that day. Obviously, I wanted you to get out because I've supported Pakistan in that match. But you played beautifully well uh, to get a maiden half century, and you just kind of stuck in there. And it was like you, you know, you were you were not moving. You, you fought, you stayed at the crease, um, and tough, tough, tough time. You remember that? Remember that knock well? Yeah, I remember that knock well actually very well. That was a tough situation because I knew we had to play for the draw. Yeah, had to keep buying as long as possible, and it was tough as well because we were spinning. Uh, the pitch was spinning quite a bit, and. They were bowling well, and, and it was just like I said, one of those things we just didn't quite get over the line. But that was it was, it was nice to myself just to let people know that you know I could I could still bat 
in that sense, you know, to save a game. So we was close to doing that, but unfortunately we didn't <laughs> quite do that. So yeah, it was very. I mean, again, sorry to say this, bro, but I was uh, I was hoping you were going to get out eventually. But I'm, <laughs> you know, being a fellow fellow brother, I mean, I was hoping that maybe somebody else was going to get out and you would stay not out. But then, what you, you I was I was rooting for Pakistan in that match. But again, one thing that frustrated me about that series was is that you and Moin Ali seem to get a lot of negative criticism back home. I mean, I was getting quite upset watching the, the daily the daily highlights. It seemed to be that, you know, you were, all the all the kind of attention was on you two and that you two need to deliver more. But UAE against Pakistani batters like Yunus Khan and all these people, it's not easy to not easy to deliver. I can't imagine many other England bowlers would have been able to go there and do much, you know, it's a tough place. It's, it's a tough place to play, but you know, even even that that situation you were talking about. But myself and Moy, we didn't think anything of it. We were never thinking of what it is. We were just laughing, like almost laughing it off, smiling it off. What can you do? Yeah. You, know, you go there, you try your best. It's not meant to be. It's not meant to be. You try get rickets, you get you get smashed, or you get rickets, or you don't. It's part and parcel of the game. It's not like you know we go out there and try not to perform on purpose or whatever yeah. it is. You know we go out there with you know proud, trying to try try our best. But it's, it is what it is. And people have the right, you know, to, to say what they want. The media back home, and or you know, can say what they want. Or so just you know, on that, bro, just on that, that, have you have you always managed to block that out? Have you never let that? I mean, I've I've never played at the level that you have played. I've played at. I've never been in the media attention like the way you and Moin Ali, for instance, brother, been. But you know, you could you could do something amazing one match, and then the next minute you're the worst thing on the. You know, this guy should be at the team. Does, do, do you have you learned to channel your energy and not let that affect you? Yeah, definitely. That, that, that's the that's the main thing. You know, is is really dealing dealing with that situation. Uh, you know, we try not to actually let that get to my head or his head. You know, we just really we don't we don't really take note of what people say in that sense. You know, the media, yeah. whatever they can say as they please. Like you said, they have the right to say you know to say what they want. Um, and you know, some people, like you say, it really, really gets to them. They really take it to it, really feel yeah. it. Some people don't. Some people don't really, you know, don't really get to them. So myself and Moin, at that stage, just generally, in, in that stage, it didn't really get to us. We didn't really, we, we weren't on our Twitter or Instagram thinking, oh, what they said about us or what's the news, what people saying about us. Because, you know, it was that mindset of, is what it is, who cares type of thing. Yeah. You know, we're trying yeah. our best. And I don't care whoever anybody says, you know. We're trying our best. Easy to talk from the couch. Um, it's, it's a lot harder to be mm. out in blazing heat in the middle of Abu Dhabi playing against some, some of the best batters in world cricket. Uh, yeah, like I said, it is, it is what it is. Uh, people have their own, you know, minds to speak. Pundits out there, sports, you know, people who, you know, are with us, people who don't really sport us. They can say as they please, but generally, like I say, it doesn't affect me in any way, shape or form, really. They can say as they want, you know, it is what it is, as long as I know myself. I give my 100% in playing. I give my 100% in practice, knowing that I prepared myself to the best I can. You know, as long as I do that, and then I go on the pitch and give my best, and then that's it for me. There's no, and if I do well, I great. If I don't do well, you know, great in that sense. It is what it is. People can say what they want. It doesn't, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't bother me whatsoever. So. No, I think it's good. In that I sense, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be strong. strong. You have to be mentally strong at the level of cricket you're playing at. So then, you know, we're coming, still still some more moments. 2016, you you go back into another T20 World Cup. Mm. Um, what a tournament over uh, over in India. Um, you know, you had a very good tournament. You were consistent. 
throughout the tournament, but I'm going to take you to the finale. Um, yeah. What a game of cricket. I mean, I had Darren Sammy on. I had, a, I had an episode with him a couple of weeks ago. It's out. Um, and we talk about this game. Um, and obviously, you know, they had momentum. You guys had momentum. It was like two box office teams coming against each other. You bowled a beautiful set of one for 23 in the final. But talk to me about the occasion. Um, obviously, big, then again, biggest occasion of my life. Uh, T20 World Cup final. Big, massive crowd. Probably, you know, uh, whole world watching, you know, likes cricket and stuff. So, big moment playing against West Indies. West Indies are known, you know, to be probably one of the best T20 sides yeah. around that stage as well. Um, so it's got to be more confident going in there as well because we have, you know, we had the team, we had the batsmen, we had the ballers, we had the every base covered. Yeah. Um, so going going in there, it was it was that kind of situation. Uh, but then again, like you say, uh, we were, we were confident. But you know what happens? That's that's cricket as well, isn't it? What happened? Whatever happened there as well. Listen, the it was a freak. It was a freak. Freak. I mean, we'll always forget it for the for the Carlos Brathwaite. I mean, Ian Bishop on commentary. The man came in and just changed the game out of nowhere. You probably, it looked like England had it won. It looked like you boys, you boys had it won. How did you? How was the dressing room after that? That must have been an emotional time for the for the boys. Uh, yeah, it was actually. You know, it was very emotional. Uh, you know, we were we were down. We were we were upset knowing that you know it was really this close. Like I said, to win the yeah. game with four balls and a couple of balls. Where, yeah. but again, like you said, that shows that. You know that's that's sport for you. That's cricket for you. Things happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know it was it was upsetting that we lost it, but we also knew that you know we came a long way. You yeah. know that you know we came a long way from where we were to actually even be in that situation. Yeah, because England, England didn't do so well in the the early stages of the T Twenty World Cup. So this yeah. was this was I mean I, I mean your team was unbelievable. That's when this is going back to this team core of players that we're talking about now. I mean you've got all bases covered. You bat all the way down to eleven. You've got seam fast bowlers, batters, different types of batters, guys that can come in and clear the rope at will. I mean, it's an exciting, must be really exciting going to train and be around that group of players. Yeah, definitely. You know, when you've got world class players, you've got people like just Josh Bowler, Jason or Morgan, Stokes. I can't even name, I've got so many to name. It gives you that confidence knowing that, you know, we've got the batsmen here to smash you. We've got the ballers, we've got fast bowlers, we've got spinners, we've got all rounders. We got every base cover, so it gives the, the team the confidence knowing that you know we can beat any team in yeah. any day. You know, if we have a bad start in the top order, we know we got the middle order to recover. If not, we got the lower order to recover. Ballers, we know we got three, four fast ballers. One doesn't do it, other kind, other kind. You know, we're all working as a team together. Once you know you got the backing, once you know you got the players like that, you know your, your team's unstoppable type of thing. And that's what we felt like. We felt as though we had that. But just on that day, it wasn't meant to be. You know, it was it was one of them things. Carlos Brathwaite, he played. You know, you smash four sixes in a row. That's amazing. Unbelievable. You know, not it can many happen, people, not it can many happen people, at that level. It can happen. At, uh, you know, sometimes you, many, I've played many cricket games where you think you're home and dry. One player can just happen mm. their day. And it was his day. Um, you came back from there. Uh, 2016 and 17, you had a test series against India, which mm. is, again, a real test of your skills, of where they're at. And two performances in particular that stood out for me was in one of the tests you took four for 114. And also, you 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 return figures at three for sixty four in one test, which again you must have taken so much confidence. I mean, the Indian batters known for being the best players in the world of playing spin. So again, mm. you must have proven to yourself that you know I can I can deliver at the top level. Yeah, definitely. That was another big step uh, going to India, playing Test cricket in India, playing you know bowling against Virat Kohli, 
Pujara. You know, the best players of spin in the world. So it was yeah. a challenge for me. But, you know, like I say, for me to perform there, did, do, doing quite well in a few test matches, gave me the confidence, you know what, you know, I can ball to these people in, in, in their home conditions. I can get wickets. I can, you know, be a match winner in that sense. So it gave me that confidence knowing that I went there, you know, I had a good series, knowing that, you know what, well, I can do this. No, That's what it was. That's what it felt like. Amazing, amazing. 2018, another massive series against Australia. 12 wickets at an average of 21.50. I mean, things are really starting to motor now. You know, you're yeah. really becoming a household name in world cricket. People are people know that Adil Rashid is a match winner and your captain now has been showing confidence in you for a couple of years. So when you, when you talked about the start of your career and not really knowing your game, now it's like, this, you know exactly what you're doing when you go on the pitch. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, you know, the captain knows my uh, game plan. He knows what my job is in the team. I know what my job is in the team. That makes it a lot more clear. But then I know, captain knows they're both on the same page. You know, like I said, in that, in that series as well, just changing that series, you know, he threw me the ball, generally throws me the ball. We talk about field placing, but then it's like, right, go, he, you know, go do what you do. Because he knows what I have been doing over the five years, over the four years. He knows what I'm capable of doing. And he gives me the confidence. And that series, like I say, got them wickets, uh, you know, an average of 21. That was a big series again for me as well against Australia. Yep. And uh, like I say, it was yet another step in the right direction. Now, then a big moment in your career, brother. Um, you decided in 2018 that I'm calling it a day in red ball cricket. Mm. I was a little bit... I'll be honest, I was a bit sad at the time. I mean, I don't, it'll be interesting to hear from your point of view now. You've obviously got your reasons. It's your career. I was a bit sad because, you know, I still felt you could do a lot in Test cricket. But, I mean, you got a little bit criticised at that point as well. You know, there was a lot of bad media, um, you know, negativity coming towards you. But talk to me about that time and, and, and the reasons and, and, and well, why, what led up to that. So that was a decision I, I had to make. I wouldn't say make for a little while because I was playing county cricket you know, for Yorkshire when I wasn't playing for England and I wasn't really feeling it as well at that stage, you know, in terms of playing red ball cricket. Um, you know, because at that time as well, test cricket, I was in out in out of the team, in out of yeah. the squad. Wasn't really, I didn't really get a good, you know, long running test cricket. It was in out, in out. And then I, I was really thinking to myself, you know what, I really need to not do this because this could personally not just affect my cricket with red and white ball in my red ball, white ball cricket can also affect me just generally mentally as well. You know, start thinking about it too much. How am I going to cope with this? You know, what am I going to do? I can't do it. You know, I'm not, if I'm not enjoying it, if I'm not enjoying playing red ball cricket in terms of county cricket, you know, how am I going to then perform? You know, I'm doing, I'm not really giving my 100% to it. You know, therefore, as a result, it could affect my white ball cricket. And then it affects my white ball cricket, then, you know, then, it's a, then I'm done type of thing. So this was going through my head as well. You know, at that stage was, Right, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really enjoying it yet. So if I'm not don't enjoy it, if I'm not giving my all, it's really gonna, you know, affect my game. So that's when I actually sat down and thought to myself, right, you know what? I think I'm doing red ball cricket at the moment. I don't wanna, yeah, I think it's the best time not to play. You know, so that's when I made a phone call, spoke to him, said, you know, I'm just sticking to white ball, and and and, and uh, you know, thankfully they were all people was okay with it. In terms of like you say, Yorkshire, they were fine with it. England, they were fine with it. You know, they were it was cool more than the media was probably implying that, oh, it's the, the end of the and everything. Yeah. But, but yeah, you, media, um, you, you obviously, I, I do think you're, uh, you've taken more to T20 and one-day cricket, and you're a, you're, a, you're a key 
part of the England England setup and what they're going to do moving forward. Um, and so you know, I think I think you made. You know, at the time I was a little bit sad because I was thinking I would like to see you play a bit more Test cricket, but I can completely understand your reasons now. And and you've not looked back. You you went on. Um, but just before we get to that, brother, I have to touch on something. Being Scottish, soon after that, you played in an unbelievable game of ODI cricket up in Edinburgh at the Grange. Beautiful sunny day. Um, Scotland beat England, brother. You know, what, 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 uh, what I have to mention it because, I mean, we don't get to brag very often being Scottish. But what was your memory? What did you think of that game? And what did you think of the, what did you think of the Scotland team in general? Well, the the beers, so there was something yeah. definitely something about them that they can you know perform at the highest level. Yeah. You know, it was a game obviously going in. You know, we know we Scotland obviously not, not a massive name, but we yeah. still had to be on it. We still had to perform it. Sure that you know if you're not on it, you could still get beat by anyone. Yeah. And the beers that day, they were the better team. You know, credit goes to them. Like it's a big moment for Scottish uh, for Scotland, not just yeah. the cricket, but I'm just guessing in Scotland generally. Yeah, very big moment. Um, you know, obviously a bit upsetting from our point of view, losing to Scotland, which you know we expect obviously to beat Scotland as well. Yeah. But that just gives us ourselves a reality check thing. You know what? Make sure let's get back on it. You know, you got to make sure that we're going into a series against Australia. Now we really switch on again. But that series, like I said, Scotland played you know tremendously well that game. You know, scored yeah. the runs, the ball well. The ground was nice. It was a lovely ground. You got run out, out, unfortunately. A really good bit of fielding by the young lad Michael Lee threw it in from the boundary. You were full stretched. That was near the end of the game. Unfortunately, got run out. Moyne was batting beautifully. Probably had the game won, and then put one down long on throw, and then obviously Tapian Sharif got the the last wicket. So and you're absolutely right. For us, it was everything. You know, the boys had planned for the game. They, they worked hard for it. But I guess now, when the next time you meet, you boys will be looking to uh, to come very hard at Scotland and, uh, and, and definitely, definitely, definitely. You have to. You have to. It's a game, isn't it? It's a game where you got to go out, give you hundred percent. Can't take it lightly. You know, you can't take any opposition lightly. You got to train as if you play against the best all the time, and that's what we, you know, tend to do. Uh, you know, as a team. So, except they come against us again, I'm sure we try our best to be. A, I get. I bet there'll be a few. There'll be a few short ones flying about. There'll be a few guys trying to bowl that extra bit quicker. You actually bowled. I mean, you bowled the beautiful. You actually bowled well in that game. You. You got the first wicket. Um, I thought. I actually did a podcast with Kyle Kutzer. Um, I actually told him actually beforehand that I was coming on, but he but he passed on his best his best wishes to you. Um, okay. Also, a few other people, Majid Hart, Manibik Bao, they wanted me to pass the best wishes on to you as well. But he. You got the first wicket in that game, um, and you kind of started. We were worried. Watching on, we were worried that you might just go through Scotland at that point. Thankfully, they were able to. They played you well. Callum McLeod played you. Played you really well that day. But no, it's good to hear you talk so sportsmanlike about the game. And I know you'll be looking for them in the in the next game. <laughs> Moving on, let's let you know. I could. We could. It would be too much to talk about the whole World Cup campaign. But yeah. obviously. 2015, when Morgs took over the captaincy, you all built this core of players that was obviously building towards the big one, the World Cup in England. That was the, the time, 2019 World Cup. That must have been in all the meetings and everything building towards that. You obviously had a fantastic campaign. You personally as well, announcing yourself as one of the leading bowlers in world cricket. I mean, it all came down to the final at Lords against a very strong New Zealand team. Mm. Waking up in the morning, brother, your breakfast and getting ready for the game. How how are you feeling? Um, you know, 
it was a different, it was different. You wake up in the morning, there was, there was a whole different atmosphere in the air. There was a different feeling. There was excitement. When you walk around seeing people's faces, excitement, anxious, not, not knowing what's going to happen, but also knowing that this is a big moment in international cricket for England, a big moment for England as a country as well. You know, yeah. first time ever involved in a World Cup final in England. Cricket, everything was going in our favour. England, uh, World Cup final. Lords. Lords, sunny weather, great weather. Oh, what a, what a day, weekend. So everything yeah. was going in our favour. Yeah. There was excitement going around. There was a buzz flying around, anxious, people excited. And, and we all were as players as well, but we all maintained the same thing as well. We all maintained the same focus, knowing that, right, yes, it is a final, but take that out of the window. Don't think about that. Think about it as if, as if it's another game. Keep doing our skills. Keep having the same mindset. Keep doing what we do. You know, we got eleven, you know, match winners in the team. If one doesn't do it, other one can. Vice and 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 throughout the whole level. So we were fully confident going in there, knowing that if we you know stick to our game plans, we will achieve. You know, we can win the World Cup. And that's what it was. You know, during the game, obviously a lot of things didn't go our way. A lot of stuff. You know, in the bit of battles we had, there were times where we lost three, four wickets quickly. Jokes yeah. yeah. and Butler by. Superbly well uh, to get as close. Then you know, last over, Stokes got a two. There was a five. There was an overthrows as well. Yeah. Um, went to you know, so there's a lot of stuff that went on. You know, in that World Cup, you know that it is what it is. You know, you can't you can't write that script type of thing. Right. People, you can't write that script. You know. Yeah. Uh, but but we didn't stop believing. You know, even when even when. We looked like we were gonna lose at one stage. People were doubting us or whatever. We still had that belief. We got, we can win this. We've got match winners yet to come. We got match winners in there, so we still always had that belief, and it showed as well. You know, with, with that belief, with that match winning, with that passion, what we can achieve. And if, and like I say, it came down to the final. It came down to them, the final over. It came down to the super over. And like I said, if, at, at any moment we, we were always confident, knowing we can still achieve this and win this. So yeah, well, talk to me about. I mean. I was very, it was a very proud, you know, as a as a as a fellow Muslim, fellow Pakistani, Pakistani, seeing a picture of you and Moeen Ali holding the World Cup. You're like, obviously, like I'd imagine, I've not really touched on it too much, but you mentioned them all the way along the way. You must be like almost like brothers, the two of you guys. You know, you're so, yeah. you're so, you're, you're 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 both, you know, amazing, amazing characters. But talk to me about your relationship with him. Yeah, me and Mo, like I said, are best friends. We do everything together. I've known him since I was age of 12, you know, playing through age groups, playing with him, England, 15s, everything. So me and him got along straight away. Yeah. You know, because we're very similar in, in terms of everything we, you know, try to do, what we stand for, what we think of, what we want to achieve. So we, we just click, we're best friends, we share each other, you know, we speak to each other on a regular basis, talk to each other, your know, problems, uh, All that, so you know, have him along with the way with this journey, and vice versa. It's been a massive thing, you know. It's been a big help knowing that right. We're going on tour for a month and a half, right? We're together for a month and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always have. You look forward to that. Then there's excitement going around because you got that one friend you're always with, best friend you always talk with, you always chatting with, spend all your time with, everything. So, like I said, for me, he's been a massive help, you know, for myself as well, just for him to be around there on the pitch and off the pitch. No, that's, 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 that's amazing. Listen, stay online for two seconds. I want to talk to you at the back end of this when I stop recording, if you don't mind, for two seconds. But I just want to finish by saying um, a deal that's been a, it's been a real... Uh, it's probably, I've, I've done about 13 episodes, um, and this is obviously the launch of season three, the new, crickets, the new cricket series that I've done. And you have been, you know, 
really, really, really excellent to talk to. I think you've spoken very honestly. And just any advice for any or any youngsters coming through? What would you What would you say? Um, I think youngsters coming through, the advice would be making sure that you know you have fun first and foremost coming through. You have fun playing the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, stay positive, keep a positive mind, and also obviously and have a dream. You know, dream big, have the belief, knowing that you can achieve it. You never have any doubts. Never doubt yourself. Go out there knowing that you can you know achieve anything if you put your heart into it. And you know, and really have that belief that you can, you know, become something special. But it's having that mindset when you as a young kid is knowing that, you know, you can do as you, you know, you can you can make it. But first and foremost, you gotta make sure you enjoy it, enjoy the game. And also one big thing I would say is make sure to show that you listen to, for example, your coaches, listen to your parents, because that's where everything starts from. Is making sure that I listen because they know what's best for you at a young age, and and hopefully, inshallah, you can go a long way. And what's the future for Adil Rashid? What's your goals? What's your aspirations? Well, um, I generally, when I look at myself, I don't have, I don't tend to have any goals in that sense. It's just take it day at a time, take a game at a time, see where life takes me in that sense. Um, obviously, now just stay fit, play cricket as long for as long as I can, as long as I can perform, and and see where it takes me. Obviously, like going to the next World Cup, 50 World Cup would be a target if I had to think about it, which is you know the couple of years time. So that's. That's there. Inshallah, if all goes well, stay fit, performances go well, then that then that's what it is. So but we'll see what happens of Inshallah. But hopefully, hopefully there's still Inshallah many more years to come. No, I I think so. I think so. You've uh, you've got a bright bright career ahead, and may Allah Subhanahu wa Taala reward you with all, all the success. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. Please stay on. No problem. And I'll speak to you. Speak to you soon. No problem.